there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how are you doing today? I'm doing really good. I mean, today we're going to be talking about a topic that we've been asked about a lot. We've been floating around this idea a lot, too. Yeah. So I'm excited to finally sink our teeth into it and share some thoughts and to really break down this idea. Definitely. This episode is sponsored by Redesign, and today we're discussing the current Apex Legends class system and its impact on the game, as well as if it should change. Before we do any of that, though, make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Follow us on Twitch. If you'd enjoy watching us stream, let's make it happen. If we can make a sprint to affiliate in April, we're going to go really hard to make the stream even better. Links in the description. Also, if you're interested in two extra podcasts a month and tons of other exclusive benefits, join our Patreon. Check out the link in the description. It would really help us to continue doing this incredibly fun podcast. Let's hear some five-star reviews. First review today and last review coming from Little Brother 314 Today is my birthday and I love Apex and I found your podcast and I listened and I loved it. That has been the best birthday present ever. Happy belated birthday, little brother. Happy that you could uh, celebrate with some good Apex vibes in your ears. Definitely good to hear that. I definitely, uh, I don't know, we... On our birthday, I think we we streamed or did we or we recorded something. We I, we did something for the podcast on the birthday. So birthdays are great, you know. Podcast that all sounds good to me. So that sounds like a pretty good day. Great combo, cake and podcast all day every day. Let's talk about legend classes. And so I think the first thing I'll do at least is preface this with what do classes normally kind of mean in shooter first person shooter video games. And so like in most shooter style games, classes are really centered around what weapons someone is using. You know, for example, you got marksmen are normally your snipers and then the LMGs are your heavies, assault as they are, etc. Like that is a very normal base version of classes. Apex, on the other hand, is unique in that classes are built around character abilities. And one of the closest comparisons to Apex for this is Overwatch. Uh, one of the main differences, though, between Overwatch and Apex is that the class you choose in Overwatch will actually impact your character's health. And that's a drastic change. The lack of change, though, between in-game mechanics and Apex leads to a lot of people asking us about why classes matter. And really, today, we're just going to break down these classes and try and answer that question. And we might kind of learn something ourselves, talking through it out loud together. Uh, But we have some kind of ideas around the class system in Apex. Yeah, I mean, classes are such an interesting thing to to think about. Mm-hmm. And in games, you know, outside of Apex, you know, you mentioned Overwatch and other games, kind of how they utilize class systems. Um, you think about um, games that have like wizards and brutes oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. things like that, where it's drastically different play styles and power dynamics mm-hmm. and, you know, hit points like in Overwatch. Um, but I also kind of think of in the shooter genre, Ghost Recon and yeah. Breakpoint, you have classes that have, you know, support and healing, you have mm-hmm. stealth, you have offensive, you have like engineer style, like tech classes. And so classes are really very different from mm-hmm. game to game. And what you should pull from a class um, is really going to vary uh, from game. And the importance of that class is definitely going to change. Um, and so, yeah, one of the big questions is, like 
how important are the is the class system in Apex and is it a good one? Yeah, I think that's a really it's a good question because like you kind of mentioned, every game looks at it incredibly different, even though I think as the consumer we try and look at them all in the same light. And that's kind of where the differentiating opinions and the balancing questions come into play because of that. Yeah, so essentially the first, to go through kind of the current state of the legend mm-hmm. classes, first we have the first side of the binary coin. Mm-hmm. We're talking offensive and defensive. The offensive legends are really the grab bag here. Mm-hmm. We got Wraith, Bangalore, Mirage, Octane, Revenant, Horizon, and Fuse. Um, this is kind of the biggest one, and I think we're going to break this one down probably the most. We've talked about this before, mm-hmm. um, but it's a very interesting class. We always joke that like if you don't fit into the other classes, you just get thrown into offensive regardless of your kit at this point. Essentially, yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, there are some caveats to that, but essentially, yeah, like offensive is pretty broad mm-hmm. out of all of them. So if you go on the other side, you got the defensive legend. And that's Gibraltar, Caustic, Watson, and Rampart. This one's pretty cut and dry. Mm-hmm. I think there is kind of the outlier of being Gibraltar. Totally. That he doesn't build anything, doesn't have any like deployable permanent item that can hold down a building mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, and then we have kind of going outside of this whole like you're either attack or your defense. Mm-hmm. And you have the support class, and that's Lifeline and Loba. And these legends are quite different. Yes, they um, do their supporting in a quite different style. <laughs> quite different. We'll talk about them more for sure. And then we have the recon class, uh, maybe our favorite class. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we pick favorites, but we Pathfinder, do. Crypto, and Bloodhound. And this class is probably the most prominent mm-hmm. in the class system because they all share the same passive ability. And that's the uh, survey beacon. It's crazy. Like we will talk a bit about this as well. Just having a passive for the class. Uh, Before we do that, though, I just kind of want to throw in the concept of like, it is so weird that these legends have bounced around in between classes before because we're talking about the class system today. And it's weird for us to look at the history of Apex and say, how come this is really important when we've had legends switch between offensive recon defense offense like that's kind of weird from a game design standpoint to think about that these legends weren't actually created with these classes particularly in mind maybe yeah i think that's a really fair point because you think about other games like overwatch Mm -hmm. and you know that whole character is designed in order to fit that hit point style that play style Mm -hmm. of being able to sit on a point or to be able to support or heal like the whole thing's built around that class yeah apex maybe not and at least initially Mm -hmm. and then we also look and we say the majority of the new legends have been tossed into this offensive class yeah um you know we recently have had rampart um as kind of a fourth to the defensive class but you know Horizon, Fuse, Revenant, all in the offensive. Um, it's crazy though. Horizon, Fuse, yeah. Revenant. So Pretty different. different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very, very different. Um, but the fact that they're kind of all thrown into this raises the question, like, are they trying to round out the classes? Are mm-hmm. they trying to kind of move away from that importance? Like, oh, we're, 
we only have two support legends. Is the next legend going to be support? That maybe should be totally but, what I was going to yeah, say. So that's kind of the big question. Mm-hmm. Like, are we developing legends for classes, or are we trying to fit existing legends into made up classes? Because those are two different levels of importance, drastically for the game design itself. Very much so. Now let's dive into the new kind of systems or structure for balancing the legends. And essentially, this one is, I think, a pretty good first stab at kind of revamping the class system so that it's maybe at least more accurate, um, but it's definitely different. More in line with the community perspective and how the, the play style perspective. I think so. And and might kind of help to give people a better indicator on how to round out team compositions, mm-hmm. because I think the first thing, like we've said already, that offensive class has so much diversity that if you only picked legends from the offensive class, you would get by pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like you could max that out. If you maxed out the support class, you're not really covering all your bases. So it's interesting because normally classes indicate how you should build a team comp. In games like Overwatch or, you know, League of Legends or something, you can't even play with all of the same class and such. And that's just not the case here. And so that's just kind of another point circling back to the whole, maybe we'll talk about it later, but the whole importance of the actual class system itself. Totally. We have a lot of thoughts Mm -hmm. about kind of where individual legends fall. Um, But this first kind of framework, uh, the first new class is the movement class. And I think this one's not controversial at all. Mm -hmm. I think that it very much makes sense and it really solves a lot of problems. Um, But the movement legends... Pathfinder, Octane, Wraith, and Horizon. Mm-hmm. Some people might be missing Loba out of this group, um, but essentially these are all legends that can move the rest of their team. Um, they kind of, and this class is a great example of, okay, we're, we're choosing our team composition. Mm-hmm. We want one of these if we care about, you know, making fast rotations under pressure and things like that. Um, in the current class system, you don't really, have that option. You can't yeah. look at the offensive class and say, okay, that's going to help my team move. Move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't actually have a direct like offensive equals this in game. Right now, offensive can equal a team that needs to stay back and I'll hit a totem, or it can mean a team that needs to go all boost up together and take high ground as Horizon. Like two very different ways you will attack combat. Yeah with your offensive legends and that might not be a bad thing as well like that's another thing we'll talk about here soon yeah and it gets crazier than just like totems and pushing with yeah. mobility. Mm-hmm. we also have decoys so it's like <laughs> if you're offensive that really is the whole gambit of abilities it's mm-hmm. not really defining what that role is um, so movement i think is a really strict clear cut and dry framework where Essentially, you don't want to double up on that. Like, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily need to have Octane and Path or Octane and Horizon. Like, that's a good class system. If you're looking at it through that lens of, we want to have a way to have buckets for our team composition. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're, you know, having diversity. Next class is kind of going to be an adaptation on the defensive class currently, and that's the area denial. Um, and so that'll be Watson, Caustic, and Rampart. 
as most of you all know, um, these legends are really good if they are in a fixed location. They can kind of get somewhere first, preferably a building, defend it up, and deny that location to other teams. Yeah, I think this one's pretty clear cut in a good sense. And I think there's like kind of like the movement. There's an argument to say, yeah, let's grab this bucket and let's fill up and have one of these legends in our team comp. And I think when you look at the defensive legends, which are these legends plus Gibraltar, you get into the same difficulty as what we're talking about with the offensive characters of like, well, if I'm choosing one offensive and one defensive, my play style is going to change a lot different from if I choose one movement and one area denial legend. Because I love Gibby. You love Gibby. Gibby is not going to be as effective as Caustic, Watson, or Rampart at holding a building. Like, unfortunately. Yeah, you're not able to fully cover that base by just looking at the defensive class as it is right now. Um, But this movement class and area denial are pretty much a more specified version of the offensive and defensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trimming the fat down, that is, it is what it is. They do exactly as, you know, they're titled. These are really clear classes, in my opinion. Yeah. Now it gets kind of fun and exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, the next class would be combat support. And you might look at this and say <laughs> it's kind of a grab bag and it's a little bit all over the place, but... If we have the proper definition, I think that it all kind of fits well. Break it um, down. You have Bangalore, Gibraltar, then Lifeline and Loba, all in one class. And feel free to say, like, playstyle <laughs> of Loba is very different than the playstyle of Gibraltar. Absolutely true. Um, but essentially, Lifeline and Gibraltar are traditionally these healers. They're kind of these combat medics of sort. Mm-hmm. and Gibraltar kind of bled into that space um, over the last year or so. Um, but Lifeline, Gibraltar, and Bangalore are really good at maybe not being the spear in an offense, but being really strong as that second in mm-hmm. and being able to support combat. When we get to Loba, it's a little bit of a stretch. Well, she's just such an outlier in general from an abilities perspective from everyone else in the game like lifeline at least like you're kind of saying has that rollover with gibby and even a little bit of similarity in mirage's passive and like what maybe the goal is loba's just in a whole different like space really yeah it's very hard to peg her um but i mean if we just kind of break these abilities down slightly specifically lifeline and loba they share a lot but loba is going to support your combat a lot when she can get your team the guns you need, the extended mags Mm -hmm. you need, the ammo, the grenades, the shields you need. That's a lot of value. And the current state her her ultimate is not to be joked around about. You know, 45 seconds off the drop, cooldown, and then 90 seconds after that, you can get really strong loot quickly. And that's a major advantage in combat. Loba um, is like combat support. She's just pre-combat support. Pretty much. It, it's very hard to like appropriately uh, give her the credit she deserves. Mm-hmm. Because essentially, she's saying that by the time you roll into your first fight, she's able to get everyone on the team for 
extra like items mm-hmm. and max ammo. How valuable is that? It's hard to measure. Hard to measure. I mean, but not you might having feel that great. stuff, mm-hmm. not having that stuff, maybe being a little later to the fight or not getting into the fight and then not getting the loot after that. I mean, you can make the argument that Loba is the most combat support based legend in the game just because that she gets everyone kitted and that has a lot of value. You know, it it's very tough to say to really measure that, like you've said, mm-hmm. but the value of being able to get to a fight faster and better equipped. And then after that fight, fend off the third party by getting even more ammo, more stuff. Um, that's a lot of support. So at first glance, you might see Loba as kind of a stretch for this class, but really she could be kind of the face of this class, depending on yeah. your perspective. I think that's a great way to put it. Combat support. Final class in this kind of framework is the weirdest title, Mm -hmm. but it really works when you actually hear who's in it. The engagement and breach class. Kind of an emphasis on the breach. Um, We have Revenant, who is quite good at breaching with Mm -hmm. the death totem and the silence. silence, Yeah, definitely don't forget those. Yeah, and being able to sneak up behind someone with a great crouch Oh yeah, with the great crouch (laughs) Engage well. Um, But then we have Mirage, um, who is... I I look at Mirage's ultimate, I believe it's called Life of the Party. Mm-hmm. You send him in, he's a decoy grenade. Yeah. Like he just goes straight into the fight, triggers that ultimate, creates chaos, and he can do it once or twice per fight. Mm-hmm. Great engagement legend, should be spearheading all combat, can fend off the third party just by creating chaos. Um, Mirage really, I think, fits into this engagement uh, play style. Next we have Fuse which I think is really cut and dry breach. Yeah. Really awesome at destroying doors with the tactical. And then the range on the ultimate really make it so that, uh, you know, fuse as he's breaking up whatever defensive situation mm-hmm. you have um, and going to be triggering engagement. If you look at any of the legends, fuse based on our mastering the legends and my experience playing them, this whole kit's offense. Mm-hmm. Offense only. There is no negotiating that there is really no like i personally i'll take the stand that i don't really think you can use fuses ultimate mother load to area denial i think it's a little Mm -mm. too slow Mm -mm. i think it's a little too long range like it's very difficult to use it to draw a line in the sand Mm -hmm. um it can be done but i don't really think that's the intent of his kit and it's not intuitive it's not so he's really offense offense breach and then you have Crypto, who, of course, is a great breach because mm-hmm. he's the only legend in the game that is pretty much the most direct counter uh, to other legends. Yeah. And he's just able to destroy any defensive equipment uh, that a legend puts out. And that's a big breach on top of the fact that he can do 50 damage with the MP as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much breach. And then Bloodhound, um, really similar to Mirage in that you could spearhead a fight in that ultimate, having great callouts, uh, but breaching really fits in well with Bloodhound because if someone's in a building, you can scan mm-hmm. and really be able to effectively clear that room by knowing where they are. Yeah, Bloodhound is a bit more similar to Loba and just like the actual use of the ability is more... Uh, external i guess more not as easy to maybe comprehend than it actually is though 
on the impact of the game. Yeah. It, these sort of like new classes are quite interesting, I think. You know, I think movement, area denial, pretty cut and dry, combat support, and then this breach class are a little harder to understand, but I think once you think through it a little bit, they do kind of clarify a lot of things. And the engagement breach class is essentially like offense plus some intel, Mm -hmm. but that's what breaching is. So I think it really, I think those definitions really help uh, to classify these legends a little bit more accurately. The next kind of new system that we have, um, we actually have a whole Patreon episode dedicated to it. Yeah. And it's based on this premise of a legend's power is predicated by how they interact with space. We can't get into (laughs) it, but I really do recommend listening to it. I think it's an interesting theory. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of an original idea that we came up with. Um, this idea of legends and space and categorizing and potentially ranking them based on how they do that. I think there's a lot of answers to see in that. And it's not just, you know, defensive and offensive. It's kind of where they fit into the stack and how they interact with space in very different ways. So that's a different way to look at it. Definitely think you should listen to it. It was a good one. Mm -hmm. It's worth the six bucks. Get in, get out. We'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Um, But essentially, looking at these ideas, the movement legends are pretty easy. Mm -hmm. That's an easy call. You know, that feels like that's how it should be. Um, When someone's added into the game, that's movement. It's easy to tell. You know how they're going to fit into the scheme, and you know who they're going to compete against. And that's kind of the other big element as well here with classes. Exactly. I mean, you think about... um, Horizon and Fuse are both offensive. Yeah. But is Fuse competing with Wraith? Nope. No. Is Horizon? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy to make that call in terms of movement and mobility-based legends. Um, but talking about these movement legends, Pathfinder is a big, big point of discussion mm-hmm. in terms of the class system and the movement legends. Um if Pathfinder came out of the recon class, mm-hmm. what would happen? If, if they created this movement class, Pathfinder came out, what would, what would be the aftermath of that? And the big question I think that comes with that is that beacon. Like that beacon was his ability and now it's a class ability. Uh, and it's not something that I think can leave his kit because it's kind of ingrained into his lore now in a way. It is. And so that's tough. I think if he lost recon for whatever reason and went into offensive, I think you maybe wouldn't see like his engagements being altered, his like actual pick rate being altered, but the overall win rate might take a hit. And I think his, I I probably can guarantee his ALGS competitive style pick rate would take a serious dip because that survey beacon is incredibly impactful to winning, in our opinion, at all levels. But the more competitive style games you play, the even larger impact it has. And him just having that ability given to other legends dropped him by a bit. Losing it altogether would be, in a way, detrimental. I think the 
The lose if Pathfinder was removed from the recon class, I think that its impact on the survey beacon would be quite drastic. Mm -hmm. And what I'm about to say is not necessarily a theory. It's more (laughs) of what I would do if I was in charge. Okay. Pathfinder comes out. He loses the survey beacon. Mm Got to be done. Sad, because that's really the origins of it. Is what it is. He's not in that class anymore. He's got to have it removed. He needs a better passive still on top of it. Mm -hmm. I think you could do multiple passives for him. I think you could do something like moving faster on zip lines and it would potentially maybe be effective. Mm -hmm. Um, But also just giving him uh, a new way to interact with zip lines, maybe being able to cut zip Mm -hmm. lines or um, do sort of extensions or be able to juggle on zip lines again. Yeah. More stuff and more creative than that. But my Bigger ideas are you take Pathfinder out of recon, you take the survey beacon away from Bloodhound. Mm. And like, I love Bloodhound. And keeping it with crypto, you're saying? Keep though. it with crypto. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a massive buff to crypto. Totally. He's already the best with the survey beacon. Mm-hmm. I think that crypto is kind of scary mm-hmm. because he's up there with caustic and revenant in terms mm-hmm. of annoying people don't like the drone circling their head they mm-hmm. don't like people getting free emps on them um so he's a hard one to balance just because he has that degree of frustration but if we're looking for a crypto buff and we essentially are in the place where we are very low mm-hmm. pick rate very low win rate um i think that would alone be quite good and then if bloodhound lost that I think they're still incredibly strong, Mm -hmm. but like um, Bloodhound kind of breaks into the survey beacon, maybe Bloodhound could break into Lifeline's extra loot Mm -hmm. bins, you know? Um, And so I think there's some room to kind of redirect other Legends passives to other Legends in order to help them. Yeah. It happened with the recon, so it could happen again. I think the one of the issues like with our game right now is the title of recon class. Like yeah. it is such a small group that to fit in as a new legend or to fit in as an existing legend, because I'll be honest, if you took away recon, I think bloodhound easily fits into an offensive legend. Like they increase their speed with their ultimate and they increase your effectiveness as an offense, as a team with, their abilities uh and so it sucks because if you keep the classes recon you can't remove bloodhound from it because they are a technological tracker that is recon at its essence but i do think it would be healthier for the survey beacon if it was only crypto and path personally yeah i I think it it's a very powerful passive not enough people use it its impact is hard to quantify Mm -hmm. because we see it very big in one place but you know crypto is still so low it's hard to see um and the win rate for bloodhound is Mm -hmm. very much in question so very interesting is it extremely valuable in their hands or does nobody care um is a big question um but i guess moving on um it gets when we're talking about legend classes it also gets really interesting when it comes to legends like gibraltar Revenant, Lifeline. These are legends that struggle to fit in uh, to their current classes, I think. Um, You know, support classes, kind of interesting. But, um, you know, Gibraltar 
isn't necessarily offensive. Mm -hmm. A lot of people would say Gibraltar and urban combat should be the first one in. Mm -hmm. That arm shield, being able to really tank a lot of damage, block areas, use that size to their advantage. A lot of people would say the defensive bombardment is actually an offensive Mm -hmm. bombardment. A lot of people would say the the dome shield is not effective at defending a location. It's better at taking a location Mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, protecting your back or getting a res and being like combat support like Mm -hmm. we talked about. So Gibraltar is interesting. And this next kind of idea is, say we take out these movement people and we take out the area denial people Mm -hmm. and we look at who's left and we try to categorize them a little more accurately. I would say that the first category I'd like is this flex category. And that's the one that they can go in between offensive and defense. They can push, they can pull, um, they can do some combat support. And really that's Bangalore and Gibraltar. Mm -hmm. And that's just based around the versatility of their abilities. That smoke can be used offensively, defensively, in a multitude of ways, the same way the Gibby bubble and the ultimate for all the reasons you just mentioned. Like that is the perfect explanation of what flex means in life and gaming. Pretty, yeah, I think that it's a pretty good definition for them. And some people might think they're massively different, Bangalore and Gibraltar. I mean, offense and defense can't get any more different from that. Mm -hmm. But both of them have combat-based passives. Both of them have tacticals that can push and pull. You can Mm -hmm. offensive smoke, you can defensive smoke, you can offensive bubble, you can defensive bubble. And they both have artillery strikes. Mm -hmm. So it's like they're very much two peas in a pod. They should probably be in the same pod. You would think. Not polar opposite pods of (laughs) offense and defense. It's difficult to think about them in that way. So I think that that's a really nice way to classify them. And I think just like to refresh the idea and keep it prevalent on people's minds, like Gibby and Bang are the two legends like we will find ourselves sometimes picking between. Like when we're setting up a team comp. But we're not picking between an offensive and defensive legend. We're picking between a flex legend in that sense. Which is a really important thing. In my eyes, I think that versatility, you know, a diverse kit is really important in a BR where anything can happen. You're going to get pushed. You're going to get third party. You're Mm -hmm. not just going to be doing strictly defense the whole game. And you're also not just going to be doing strictly offense all game. So flex is really important. And it's not reflected in the current class system. Mm. The next sort of box for the remaining legends outside of movement and this kind of fixed position area denial would actually be the cut and dry offensive legends. And right now, as we've already said, Fuse is offense only, Team O, push, push, push. Mm -hmm. And then kind of Fuse's friend would be Revenant. Agreed. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm sure we're going to get some talk about Revenant soon. I was really hoping that this would be the season where we get at least some major talk from a developer Mm -hmm. um, and maybe a full rework. We're working really hard on our end to get some answers about Revenant and the future of Revenant. Right now, I'm unfortunately not thinking that we're going to get that rework or a substantial change in season nine. I think that it's even further than that. Um, And so Revenant's in a really tricky spot. But it's hard to say that they're not pure offense. The silence is an ability that goes on to somebody else. The closest comparison is a grenade, an offensive ability. A grenade is offense. 
as is Fuse's tactical. Those line up so well. You will never hear anyone say they hit a defensive totem, essentially. Like you'd be pretty in trouble if you hit a defensive totem just because the delay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very tough to win those engagements at half health, even though you do get a bonus 50 HP max. Mm-hmm. Like it's very tough to, to pull off those uh, surprising defensive totems. Mm-hmm. Last kind of class is the rest of the legends, but it's going to be that information class uh, where we have crypto bloodhound and mirage. Um, crypto and bloodhound to kind of gather information uh, and kind of collect it to have that advantage mirage disrupts other teams information with decoys and invisibility to some degree so kind of an interesting look at kind of how one class could be similar but incredibly different you know bloodhound and mirage very very different legends uh, accomplish different things in a team comp but depending on you know the rest of the legends having an information category um, could be a better way to look at a legend like Mirage. What if Mirage and his technology, he got the survey beacon. Mm -hmm. This class system could be better if you think about it than the current one, because recon essentially they they wanted to bring crypto and bloodhound up to Pathfinder's peak Mm -hmm. where Pathfinder was dominant. That did not seem achievable. But if we look at Crypto and Bloodhound and we say, oh, Mirage maybe should be grouped in with them, mm-hmm. that would really help out Mirage most likely. Um, and the huge part of that is that when we talked with Daniel, he talked about Mirage as an information legend. And that seems screams a recon to me and yeah. screams learning about the game and learning about combat, learning where people are. And yeah, he would be a really good fit in there. And he is pretty technologically savvy, you know, as much as he likes to play dumb sometimes. So I could see him cracking into the beacon, having some hilarious voice lines as he does it and turning invisible while he does it too. Could be a kind of cool little ability all around. Yeah, it really could. But the thing to keep in mind about Mirage is that his pick rate's higher than crypto. Mm -hmm. So no matter how you want to talk about crypto, really powerful, Mirage, not powerful, the people have spoken yeah. and it's mm-hmm. not that close. Like Mirage is pretty stable in the meta. Um, we're getting through this essentially to circle back around with lifeline and Loba. What do you do with them? They're not in this system. Um, they are this currently support. Um, lifeline's really unique. She should be unique. We shouldn't have another mm-hmm. medic, uh, mm-hmm. per se, but do we need a whole class for medics where she lives alone? Maybe not. Lifeline has a passive and an ultimate ability currently that's loot focused. Mm-hmm. So does Loba. Yeah. Passive and ultimate. Mm-hmm. So they could be just grouped together as looters uh, for the team. I'm honestly like, I, of all the classes really that Apex has, I'm cool with the support class being these two. I think that while different, like we've talked about, they fill into the same role in their team as supporting the legends in some way shape or form and support is very broad but still i think a specific style of play in the game and so i think that these two are in a pretty solidish spot yeah support is such an interesting terminology you know because i think about support the support that i want as a player is i want someone to scan enemies for yeah me. that's mm-hmm. incredibly supportive when i'm in a sticky situation i want someone to smoke me that's support <laughs> um 
loot support is such a specific thing mm-hmm. when you're talking about these legends, like that getting access to additional healables and purple armor, like, yeah, that's very supportive, but it's not necessarily uh, the same type of support that I might ask for. It's kind of like there, might not need it all the time, but it is support. Totally. Um, yeah, so those are some interesting ones. Um, but now before we get into why legend classes matter, let's hear from the sponsor of this episode, Redesign. We've partnered with them in order to give away some free third-party hats. Our friends at Redesign have developed an innovative new product called Dry Scoop, which is designed to be consumed dry like a pixie stick. So no shaker or tub you have to carry around, just single-use sleeves for no muss, no fuss. These energy sleeves are a great way to get hyped up and focused before gaming, and we are excited to see how you guys all like the idea. For gaming, they taste a lot better than other pre-workouts, and you only need about half a sleeve. They've launched an Indiegogo to promote the product and get it in people's hands. With our great audience, we've partnered with them to help get them funded. As many of you know, uh, we launched our own merch line a few weeks ago. Well, we decided to do a collaboration with our friends over at Redesign, If you support their uh, third-party podcast tier on Indiegogo, you will get to try their product and receive a free third-party hat for only $30. This is a better deal than we can offer uh, just because our friends are covering all the costs of shipping and everything. It usually costs over $40 to get a third-party hat, but our friends are giving you one for free if you support their tier at only $30. Yeah. All you have to do is follow the link for their Indiegogo in our description, invest in the third-party tier, and DM us a screenshot of your receipt uh, of your pledge, and we'll give you a free code for the hat. We've already ordered ours. It's a deal that we couldn't even pass up, so highly recommend it. We'd love to see your support over there. So why does loot matter? Um, classes are useful for introducing yourself to a legend, no doubt. You know, as the classes stand right now, um, I think a legend's abilities are just only teased by their class. A hundred percent. Teased is the perfect word to describe it for sure. I mean, it's hard to even say that, you know, Rampart and Watson, they're probably the closest two legends in the game, Mm -hmm. but so different. One active, like one's tactical and ultimate actively do damage and like push out damage Mm -hmm. and the other one cancels incoming damage like they're the most similar in that they you know take a location and make it stronger but the way that they do that is actually opposite Mm -hmm. so it's like the class system's good you know you can look at the defensive class and say oh i like the idea of defensive but if you choose rampart or you choose watson you're gonna have a very different experience a hundred percent Now, if you're an experienced player, you're probably going to already understand that Gibraltar isn't strictly defensive and Bangalore isn't strictly offensive, um, but other kind of classes and legends are quite firm. Um, So again, it's this idea that the classes are not necessarily uh, pirate's law. They're more guidelines. I think that's a key thing, though, to have to say that it's experienced players that understand something. Because we have a lot of new players come into the game and a lot of players are newer players and they will instinctively base some of their choices off classes. But if the classes, kind of like how we've been talking about, aren't doing justice to how you build a team comp in a game we know how important team comp is, 
there might be something wrong there. And that's why it matters in a large part. Yeah. If you're a new player coming into the game, it, right now we're in kind of a turbulent time. But if you're looking at the classes and you're like, okay, I want to do offense. I'm, I'm into offense. Mm-hmm. I'm going to choose Bangalore. Mm-hmm. Great. Like good offensive abilities. Her whole kit is not really damage dealing. Mm-hmm. More offensive than Bangalore? Probably Caustic. Yeah. Like right now it's kind of up in the air, but Caustic's ultimate, very, very strong offensive ability. We've been saying it for the longest time that that is an offensive ability on our Mastering the Legends. We were like, offensive Caustic is the way to play. It is going to be a successful style. You just get to impose your will onto someone else which is a very offensive function (laughs) it really is and you get bonuses on top of it so Mm -hmm. it's quite strong um but then why else do these legend classes matter if it's like kind of a a hint or a tease to kind of learning a new legend well it's also this major impact of legend balance Mm -hmm. based on class and we've talked already at length about how the survey beacons uh, have impacted the whole game and that's categorically based off of the class system Mm -hmm. as it is. Um, It's also very difficult uh, in the current legend class system to directly compare a legend like Mirage with Wraith. And that's, I think, the hard part, because I think how you want to build classes is who would you compare and who you're picking from a playstyle perspective. And yeah, I don't compare Mirage and Wraith as the two legends I'm choosing between. Yeah, and we wouldn't want to compare them in terms of balancing. Yeah. Like, we mm-hmm. don't assume the same players enjoy both legends. Um, we might assume that um, Octane and Horizon players, there might be some overlap there, but we want to compare them. So they should be in the same class, and they are, um, but Mirage is also there. So mm-hmm. it's hard to look at it in that term. Um, and then the other kind of way we can bring in this idea of legend balancing is the playstyle assumptions that mm-hmm. we have with legend classes it can be really hard to say, you know, Gibraltar is a defensive legend when, for the most part, pretty offensive abilities totally. uh, when you look at it. Um, and kind of flex, but mostly, you know, some offensive strength without a doubt. So these kind of false assumptions that you might make about a legend, I, I feel like Gibraltar should be more popular. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know exactly where they are right now. Um, a lot of people kind of make fun of the the big boy, <laughs> but I think a lot of people base their assumptions on Gibraltar on the class system. They say, I don't want to play slow. I don't want to play defensive. I want to go. I want to mm-hmm. be offensive. Well, the truth of the matter is that Gibraltar is more offensive than Mirage. Yeah, so definitely. It's, it's limiting in that way in those assumptions. And then we ask, how could a new class system improve legend balancing? And that's really kind of the answers that we've been putting mm-hmm. out already. And that if we had more refined classes, it could allow for better comparison and better information for newer players and uh, experienced players to play Legends better. It's all about the team structure and a class system should emphasize team structure. Yeah, for sure. And so I guess the last question in terms of Legend balancing in or Legend classes is, what if there were just no classes? Would that be good? Would legends become stronger or weaker because of it? Um, are the classes more of a restraint or a constraint to a legend's abilities because uh, they have to mm-hmm. adhere to a play style of sorts? What do you think? It would be really interesting. 
to see like if there was actual statistical change if they removed the concept. I think what is really the interesting idea within Apex and classes in the future is the concept of perks and legend and passive abilities being predicated on classes because it was in the game and then it was scrapped. Like they scrapped this idea 100%. We had leaked files. Daniel has literally said it was a scrapped concept. Will they circle back to it? Will they change it at some point? Because I think from this conversation, I can kind of assume that there's something missing in the current system that we have. And I don't think it's going to be something that goes unchanged forever. Yeah, it's very hard to ignore the direct comparison of Pathfinder and Horizon Mm -hmm. when they're not in the same class. There really should be no overlap. That's crazy. There is Mm -hmm. an undeniable overlap. And that should be addressed. And maybe legends would become stronger Mm -hmm. if they're independent. If you said, you know, Caustic isn't defensive. He's caustic. Caustic's caustic. Mm -hmm. And every legend is their own legend. Mm -hmm. I think they'd probably get stronger because the legend balancing would further embrace versatility as a strength. Mm -hmm. And I see that as the strongest strength. It'd be really interesting. I I think it could be exciting to, to remove classes entirely, but... Those are some of our hot takes. That's fun. I think it's a great conversation. We'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on on it as well. Uh, But we're going to wrap up this episode now by answering some five-star questions. First question coming from Lil Joe. Hey, guys, I have a question. How do you balance the amount of time you play Apex with other games? I personally am always trying to get better, and that makes me almost always play Apex because I feel I will lose my skill. But after playing only Apex, I find myself getting bored and not enjoying the game. Thanks. Love you guys. Yeah, I mean, that is a hot topic for a lot of people. I'll tell you my perspective on it, and Henry's might be different. But for me, it is Apex is a fun game, and as long as I'm having a good time, I'll play it. And if I am getting bored or not enjoying the game, I'm happy to mix in Call of Duty or something else, Valheim, something else. And I also have a friend group I game with as well. And so if they're playing something else, I might play with them as well. But Apex at its core, though, is my favorite game and is something I'll always come back to. But I don't think people should force themselves to hate Apex by grinding into the wall repeatedly at times. Yeah, I I find this sort of Apex grind and this kind of maybe boredom or maybe frustration that people run into of... I think it's a great game. I have no problem being addicted to Apex and mm-hmm. pretty much playing it almost exclusively, not really needing to take a break. Um, but my kind of answer is if you do, if you are hitting that wall, first thing, stop playing ranked. Totally. Second thing, drop in a place that is uncontested mm-hmm. so that you can actually play and have a chance and you're not having those frustrating early deaths. And then if that's not a problem for you or you need something else, Switch up your legend. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have so many great choices right now. Legend balance is, uh, you know, a wonderful place. Um, You can really mix up Apex so that it really stays fresh for you. Um, But in terms of, like, answering that question of, if I don't play, my skill is going to go down. Yes, I agree. Mm -hmm. I think I have the same sentiment. But I keep playing Apex because I just think the movement and the gunplay and the feel is way better than anything else. So if I do, you know, go try something else, like I had to download Fortnite from my job and it was miserable. Mm -hmm. I I could not play that game right now. Like Apex just has 
far superior movement mechanics. Like I can't play a game without slide. Mm-hmm. And slide mm-hmm. in Apex is the best. So it's easily the best. It's hard. Yeah. Great question though. Last question come from BBB and then love the pod guys. You were my Apex fix while I didn't have internet for a year after I moved. Question, who is the most versatile legend? To me, it has to be Crypto. It's EMP for damage, enemy scan for pushing, beacon scan, banner scan, banner pickup, and auto res, no doubt. What an awesome answer. I think that's actually like, that's kind of a slightly convincing answer. Like I would have never really assumed Crypto to be that versatile legend, but yeah, his that is a versatile ability. I think the counter argument is that you have to be in the drone for the majority of it. And being in the drone is not a versatile ability if that makes any sense i mean the drone has those offensive abilities the reconnaissance abilities the defensive and recover abilities that kind of overlay with support so yeah i I definitely see the thought process for sure um i i like that answer i mean the most versatile legend um having a survey beacon i got nothing wrong with that Mm -hmm. like that seems like the strongest passive on top of you know a lot of different abilities put into one totally guys thank you so much for listening subscribe on apple pods give us a follow on spotify leave a five-star review with your question we'll answer on our next episode follow us on instagram and twitter at third party pod follow us on twitch and stop by our weekly streams links in the description below and also check out the discord via the link in the description thank you so much for listening to the third party podcast peace hey now another squad coming in boom whole squad down Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs>